Welcome to Talkie Talk, the podcast for the TheMedievalIS.com. Joining me today is TJ. Yep. Brent. Hello. Chris. Hey. And this is David. Hey. Today's uh, podcast, we're going to talk about what we've been watching before ending with our news segment. So we'll kick it off with what we've been watching. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a lot. So who wants to go first? I'll go. Yeah, it's unusual for me. I don't even have my thing pulled up yet. My thing. <laughs> uh, I'll start with movies, and then we'll we'll do the one TV show that I watched. Uh, I watched, uh, this was a rewatch, it's one of my, I really like this movie a lot, but uh, from 2007, Zodiac, I don't think I'd seen it in like five or six years. Love that movie. The movie's great. I love that movie yeah. too. Yeah, I watched it for the first time in the past year, it's really good. I really love the way they make uh, incorporate the confusion of all the different details by like having different, almost different voices come from the Zodiac Killer for each of the crimes. Because I think it's modeled after the specific descriptions of each specific crime. Mm-hmm. So they have he his voice is a little higher in one murder scene than than another. And I almost wonder if like they got different actors to play him each time, mm. uh, just to That'd be pretty cool. You know, one who's like six two and one who's six four or something. Mm-hmm. That would be that would be really cool. I didn't I didn't check into that, but it was uh, really good. The um, movie's like got some terrifying things. It's almost a horror movie. Say I love that movie. It's fantastic. I've only seen it once. I don't think I'll see it again. Murder in the park with a couple. Yeah, like on the hill. Horrifying as all hell. The scene in the when he goes to visit the guy who's uh, supposedly worked at the theater with a suspect, and oh they're God, looking at yeah. the posters. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, this is the first match for the handwriting we've had. He's definitely the killer." And the guy said, "No, that's that's not his handwriting. I do the posters." Yeah, and it's just like he's yeah, got to get a flip, get out of the basement as yeah. soon as possible, and then you never hear about that again. He just wanted to get the hell out of there. Yeah. Because um, even as you finish the movie, you're like, you start thinking about the different suspects and you're thinking, they all seem like the killer. Like, <laughs> they all seem yeah. accurate. Uh, I, I like how they did it versus, uh, you know, it's a weird comparison, but the movie From Hell is about like, who is Jack the Ripper? I think there are people who are on the case now, but we don't actually know. It's like right. Zodiac. It would kind of be a little weird if they said, uh, David Fincher figured out who Zodiac was <laughs> and <laughs> definitively... You know, <laughs> I did read that Fincher uh, did his own like fresh investigation mm. for a while. The, they they spent like a couple months just investigating uh, crime reports and whatnot mm. to uh, to build their own theory. Did you realize yeah. it was him the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, the guy who played... I always forget this actor's name, but he's in that uh, hes in that Dinner Party movie that I mentioned a few yeah, months ago. Um, he plays Arthur Lee Allen in it, and he is fantastic in those like creepy, you-don't-know-what's-in-his-head uh, roles. Mm-hmm. Went to see Wonder Woman this week. I liked it a lot. Anybody else seen it? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, it's all on me then. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I recommend Wonder Woman. If you haven't seen it yet, go see it. It's a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's exactly what DC needed. Is is it a spoiler to reveal who the big bad is in this? I never I never looked into it. Um, what in the trailer? So I just never, yeah. never read anything about the movie. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't look into it. Just it's a uh, the the villains are the most. I mean, as with any superhero movie, there are multiple villains. Uh, mm-hmm. The villains are the worst part of the movie. I think they're a little underdeveloped, and you don't really understand what the point of any of them really is. You don't understand like why is this one doing this thing, and why is this other one like they they have like little characteristics that you just don't understand, and they don't take the time to explain that. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the one of the few faults with the movie. I think, but it does mean that DC finally made a Marvel movie then. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it's great. Uh, I would, uh, I think uh, Gal Gadot. Is it mm-hmm. Gadot? Gadot. Is it really Gadot? Gadot. Gadot. 
Gadot. Okay. She's not French. She's from Israel. I didn't say she was French. <laughs> so her name was Gal Gadot. To be fair, that is true. Well, Gal is great. <laughs> uh, she's sexist. Yeah, she's, she's really... She's like surprisingly good. Because wasn't she just like a, like a supermodel or something? Wasn't she a model? She's been acting for a while now, though. Oh, okay. she, was a, she was a model before, and now she's a supermodel. <laughs> right, because she had superpowers. Uh, I get it. Uh, she is. She was surprisingly really, really good. Chris Pine was also great. The two of them have fantastic chemistry on screen. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and cute. I was just thinking after I left the movie that like that is not a thing you get much in superhero movies recent times. Like you don't get great romantic chemistry. Yeah, yeah. like thinking of uh, Captain America and like Agent. 37 or whatever like she that is just like a or team of still relationship Thor and Jane <laughs> yeah is just the good job buddy nice friend or any Spider-Man and uh, Mary Jane always weird and stilted and I thought in the first like Spider-Man he loves her because she's there yeah <laughs> on the first Spider-Man it was pretty good you got upside down kisses <laughs> um, uh, but we're yeah both, we're both wrong <laughs> that was Gadot okay uh, all I knew was it was a hard T because she was on Fallon. I thought that's Fallon. Come uh, on, she was on. <laughs> she was on Camel. Camel. I thought that's just how Jack Black says it. Good don't. Another one that surprised me is uh, you know uh, the female lead in Deadpool. Her name is pronounced Baccarin, just Baccarin. Like, I always said Baccarin. So did I. Baccarin. She's one of the few guests who probably really annoyingly had. Uh, the host want to talk exclusively about how to pronounce her name <laughs> <laughs> during one of the segments. She's like, it's Baccarin, like saccharin. Anyway. There you go. It's the life of Sarsha Ronan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that how you say it? Sarsha? Sarsha? Sarsha. Sarsha. You just put a clover between your teeth. Like uh, I intentionally mispronounce that one every time. Just say Aries. <laughs> anyway, Wonder Woman's good. <laughs> I was kind of excited for that to be a good movie. Just because yeah. yeah. female superhero, female director. Just to show Hollywood it can work. <clears throat> you know, they're so stupid sometimes. Yeah, it reminded me in ways of Captain America and Thor. Mm-hmm. For uh, obvious reasons, given the time period and her abilities. You know, it was good. There was no action that I hadn't seen before. But mm-hmm. really, it was just her and Chris Pine made that movie great for me. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I think the last time there was any kind of romantic chemistry in a superhero movie, um, I thought there was uh, Captain America and Black Widow. I thought Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans were good in Winter Soldier. Even though there wasn't actually, like, there was no romantic payoff. All the tension was done well in that movie. Mm-hmm. I actually don't really remember that from that movie. Just like them on the run mm-hmm. together was good. I uh, I, this was a rewatch. I've seen it once from 1996. Two Days in the Valley. Ever seen that movie? I have. It's been a long time. It's got uh, James Spader as a hitman and uh, Danny Aiello as a mafia guy who. Uh, it's Aiello. <laughs> I was about to say Aiello. Aiello. Gal, We're going go off the rails off. early. <laughs> not a great, not a great sign. It's uh, it's pretty good. It's on. Uh, I think it's available on Hulu to uh, to watch right now. It's kind of a Tarantino ish movie in that like there's like a, a bunch of different storylines and characters mm-hmm. that all kind of intertwine. There are some completely pointless parts. Mm-hmm. Like, there are some characters I have no idea why they exist in that movie, and then there's like 
four or five good ones who it winds up focusing more on as the movie goes on, which is which is good. But uh, I'd recommend it, but not strongly. If 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 like the twisty hitman Millers or uh, Millers. <laughs> if twisty hitman movies oh. <laughs> that's that, that form of are your like. thing are your thing then uh yeah check it out i watched the movie david recently watched escape from new york hey ashley had never seen it we i, I hadn't seen it in 15 plus years and uh i thought it was fun you know i like movies that i like action movies that just immediately throw you into the action they mm. they set up what the story is quickly in like the yeah. first five minutes and then they just throw you in the action they don't waste any time and then it's over it's that movie's like an hour and a half and yeah. it's just it's fun it's a good cast too Ernest Borgnine and uh, a, Harry Dean Stanton Harry Dean Stanton's good as brain yeah. yeah Isaac Hayes is kind of fun in that oh I just remembered back to two days in the valley it features uh, actress who passed away uh, what's her name Glenn Headley Glenn Headley just passed away uh, she, she died like a day after I watched it so my bad yeah, anyway she's she's really good she and so Danny gross. Aiello fall in love in that movie and then uh, it's easy to, easy to understand why. <laughs> just look into those whatever eye color he has eyes. And just fall in the, love with that little. Look at those non-black and white eyes. <laughs> After uh, Ashley went to bed last night, I watched Forty Eight Hours. With, ah. uh, yeah, I'd, I'd not seen. I've only seen that once before, and uh, it's good. I don't think it's the best of the buddy cop movies, but it's a. Uh, Does it come off more racist when you view it in? Recent times? Nick Nolte certainly does. <laughs> His character, yes. His um, character or just Nick Nolte? I... <laughs> yeah, no, the, the real problem, the only problem with it is I feel like they couldn't quite figure out that good balance between comedy and, like, R-rated action. Like, mm-hmm. they, they couldn't quite figure out, like, which does this want to be? And it kind of went too far towards serious action movie at mm-hmm. times. Really, that movie's at its best when Eddie Murphy is just getting to do whatever he wants. Yeah. And if he's having fun, you're having fun. As most movies that feature Eddie Murphy, yeah, probably the case. When he's having fun, it's the those are the best parts of the movie. And then it's just a little bit too much of just Nick Nolte being angry. Anyway, that's it. I uh, watched one TV show and I figured somebody else will bring it up. Yeah, for we might save our leftovers talk for after everybody's gotten their other stuff out of the way. Mm-hmm, sure. I only watched one thing, so I can talk. I binge I rewatched the first season and binge the second season of Master of None. Nice. It's a good show. Master of None's really good though. Zinsari does a great job. Guy who plays uh Chef Jeff in season two. Yeah, uh it was really good. Uh dude from Boardwalk Empire, Brian Bobby Bobby Calanvalli. Bobby Calanvalli. He's Really good in the show, though. I forgot how much I like Noah Wells in season one, too. Mm-hmm. She's, yeah, I've I've only seen the first season and then a couple from the second. She's uh, she's delightful in the yeah. first season. Uh, she has such an easy charm <clears throat> together. Yeah. Uh, the second season was just great. Was, yeah. The woman, uh, Alessandro Mastronardi, is really good in it. Um, the, the Italian? Yeah, the Italian. Yeah. Seems uh, reductive. The, Ita- the Italian. Yeah. <laughs> His cast of friends is great, too. Yeah. There's a really good episode on religion in the second season. Mm-hmm. Was that the one you were saying is your favorite? No. You said it was three or four, so I didn't know which one it was. No, I like the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the Tinder episode. Where it goes through all the women. Is it really sweet? Uh, no. Tinder? What are jokes, Blackwell? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I don't like, understand them, so I don't like them. It's him going through like twelve dates, and they're all merged together. Like Blue is one. It's pretty good editing in that how they yeah. go from mm-hmm. thing to thing. There's a great episode on his friend, who's a gay black woman, yeah. and uh, her like growing up and coming out to her parents. It was a really good episode. All centered around like Thanksgiving dinner um, and 
him coming over for some reason because his parents don't celebrate Thanksgiving. But that episode is really good. The show's really good. His parents, played by his actual parents, are fantastic because <laughs> yeah, they're, they're so awesome. bad at acting. <laughs> uh, it's Angela Bassett. Ah, yeah, yeah. the mom. She's really good as, you know, a like old black woman who doesn't want her daughter to be gay, pretty mm-hmm. much. That old thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, it's, it's, it's sweet because it's not like a... She's not mad as much as she's like she doesn't she knows it's not a choice she's just upset that she's gay yeah which I feel like is something that's not done a whole it's, lot it does it is one of the uh, funnier but probably too close for comfort conversations is uh, when she's like well have you tried it and she's like tried what it's like sleeping with the man she's yeah. like I don't like dick mom yeah <laughs> yeah how you know you don't like it if you hadn't tried it? Yeah. Like, trying to, like, find some <laughs> yeah. out for her daughter. It's a good show, though. It's real funny, and then it's it's real... The, the dramatic elements are great. Don't know anybody that I don't think wouldn't like that show. Except my girlfriend. <laughs> way too awkward for her. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know if the conversation about Master of None I can let slip by without saying that I love Eric Wareheim. Yeah. Every He's, time I mention it. He's a giant teddy bear. Have you seen the the wedding episode? Yeah, with I saw that. Goes, I'm stuck both ways. <laughs> it's like his car is stuck in an alley, Brent, and he's like trying to get out of the sunroof, but he also gets stuck there. <laughs> he's just like, go get help! <laughs> this is really good, though. It's a super easy watch. Mm-hmm. 28 minute episodes. Hey, cutie. <laughs> that is. Did you send your hey, cuties? <laughs> all I watched besides the leftovers. So I'll go ahead and go. I didn't watch a lot, and the things I did, I don't have a lot to talk about. <laughs> Start out my window. One one movie I saw. I saw your window. I watched the neighbors. <laughs> I watched neighbors too. Speaking of, I did watch Mike and Dave meet wedding dates. Did you really? I Fuck did. Off. I didn't want to see it, but then I listened to I listened to a podcast, uh, Fighting in the War Room, and they're like, "That movie is actually pretty good. It's pretty funny. It's not good, but it's funny." And I was like, I'll give it a chance. And it's just embarrassingly bad. It's really bad. I want the Post brothers who both watched it this week to try their best to sell it to me to watch it. <laughs> but I don't want you to watch it. I know. <laughs> That's the game, <laughs> idiot. Aubrey Plaza has, has a little bit of funny stuff in there. Anna Kendrick is just kind of really miscast. Yeah, she's just... And I just don't like Adam Devine. I think he's obnoxious. Oh, no. That's all the things Chris was going to say about it. I talked to TJ about really? this movie on the drive to trivia, and I was like, so I, I finally watched a movie uh, mm-hmm. in anticipation of the podcast, basically just for the podcast, and he was like, well, how is it? Go, it's not funny. Aubrey Plaza's okay, but she's got a stupid <laughs> accent in it, and I just think that I don't like Adam Devine. <laughs> I don't like him either. I still think Zac Efron's kind of funny, though. Yeah, but he's not funny in that movie. No, he's, he's playing just strictly straight man. When he's kind of like got a weird bent to him, like the first Neighbors, I think is a great movie, and mm-hmm. he's you know unhinged in it. He's pretty good in that. Yeah, I like Adam Devine, but I haven't seen any of his shittier work. So. I've seen any of his movies. But yeah, a stand-up dude. When he when he stars in a movie, when you get like an hour and a half of him, like his like yelling or like his, <laughs> then. It, yeah, it wears pretty thin. he's always been like a guest role or a very side character in things that I liked him in, and mm-hmm. I wasn't. Yeah, I would not sign up for more necessarily. Just like this is good. What he's doing is good. Like I like I liked him fine on. Uh, I, I stopped watching the show years ago, but Modern Family. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was pretty good on that. Uh, you know, I, I like him in Pitch Perfect, but that's the role that he's supposed to play. He's Adam Devine. He does that thing, that shtick. And I like him in Workaholics because it's built around three people who are unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But in this, where it's... I mean, the premise is... I think the, the best part of Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates is the first ten minutes. But yeah, the, the intro, like, ten minutes is, I think, the funniest part. It's, you know, all of their recollections of all these parties that they the two of them went to, the two mm-hmm. brothers... The Stangler Brothers? Stangle, yeah. The Stangle Brothers, whatever they are. Uh, them being these awesome party hosts, and then immediately afterwards, the parents are like, you guys need to tone it down for your sister's wedding. And then it shows what actually happened in all those parties like, and how they ruined it. Right after the exciting, fun parts, it's like, you know, everything gets set on fire, or, you know, a cousin falls off of a roof. Yeah, or huh. you, you made your grandfather have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you guys really liked it. Yeah. yeah having some fun I do like the, the um, uh, Richard Splatt from Veep as the uh, African-American uh, fiancé. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty funny. He's just like so buttoned down until the mm-hmm. very end. It's like parts, I guess. Maybe like five seconds here and there. You could make a good trailer out of it. Yeah. Kind of that movie. That kind of movie. Did you stay for the end when they do the Stang Life rap? No. <laughs> I turned that movie off as soon as Chris I could. wins! <laughs> <laughs> turned it off as soon as I could call it watched. How's the Stang Life rap? You just wanted to know if I watched it? It's great. You should you should look it up. Okay, <laughs> I'll look it up right now on my my smartwatch. Beep, boop, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> oh man, you're right. That was good. Did you did you include an edit there in the podcast? <laughs> Clever. I think we're gonna keep that in. <laughs> um, nice. That's more than I thought I'd talk about. Mike and Dave and wedding dates. More than I thought you'd talk about it too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I feel like if I was like, my goal was to pick a movie that nobody else has watched, I might have picked that. (laughs) (laughs) Other thing I watched and never seen it before, in anticipation of this week's main topic, was Parenthood. Steve Martin? Steve Martin. Yeah, I didn't know how, I just thought it was like, uh, I guess I conflated that in Father of the Bride too much, because they're both Steve Martin father movies, but this one has like a bunch of different uh, Mm. couples in it, kind of... uh, Merged together. Rick Moranis is one of the dads. He's like focused on educating his daughter to a obsessive amount. Steve Martin's in it. Uh, who else is in it? Jason Robards is the the grandfather. Is there a young? Is it uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in that movie? Or some? No. Who's the kid? This? Is uh, Joaquin Phoenix? Oh, that's it. So, yeah, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix is in it, and it's it's the one that's got Keanu Reeves in it and Diane Weist. Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. is pretty good in it, and uh, Martha Plimpton. Yeah. Did it get award talk or award nominations? Yeah. Diane Weist? Diane Weist and maybe the screenplay. Okay. Nice. I don't think Diane Weist was that great in it, though. Just like, just as good as anybody else in the movie. Yeah. Parenthood uh, made me really not want to have kids. (laughs) (laughs) Until the very end. It's like, oh wait, kids are okay. Because it's like an, an hour and 15 minutes of... These people are miserable, and other marriages are dissolving. <laughs> I really want to isolate that where you, no one knows you're talking about the movie, where you just say, "Parenthood made me really not want to have kids." <laughs> <laughs> Don't. But so are uh, you going to continue on in the trilogy and watch Cheaper by the Dozen and Cheaper by the Dozen too? <laughs> I wanted to watch Father of the Bride, but it wasn't streaming anywhere. Oh, I saw those movies. Right. Those movies are fun. I like yeah. those movies. I've never seen it the whole way through, but that's what I saw. Mike and Dave need wedding dates and Parenthood. Chris. Didn't. So, I saw this week Mike and Dave need wedding dates. How was that? It was fantastic. David, didn't you see it this weekend? Did no. Staying life. He watched Dirty Grandpa or whatever the fuck that movie is. <laughs> with Zac Efron and Aubrey Plaza. Plaza. 
No, but I did watch that, and I watched nothing else except for Leftovers. So I'll talk about video games first, and then we can talk about Leftovers as a group. Still playing PUBG, um, but I'm playing a new game this week. Oh. <laughs> uh, this game called Dead Cells. It's another early access game on the PC. Um, kind of, I'll, I'll use all the buzzwords, and I'll explain what it is. It is a roguelite platformer mm-hmm. with some cool progression mechanics. But you, it's basically a dungeon crawler. Every run that you make, it's a randomized dungeon. Mm-hmm. It's extremely difficult. All the enemies hit hard, but it's focused around learning blocking, parrying, and uh, rolling. Hmm. You know, you get random weapons on your runs and stuff. It's a lot of fun. Um, I've probably put a good eight hours into it, and it's really hard. <laughs> I've I think there's like seven main levels, and I've made it through three. The most I've made it through is three. I make it to the first boss, and mm-hmm. that's it. Uh, I can't beat that first boss, but it's really good. I'd recommend it. I think it's like fifteen bucks on Steam. Hmm. But is it? How are the graphics? Is it like it's 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 pixelated? It's you know probably like thirty two bit. I mean, it looks like it's it's styled after like Symphony of the Night. Okay. Kind of not the dungeons itself, but just the the art style. It's real hmm. like gloomy. The um the the place where you start has got like a. A giant skeleton kind of slain in the background. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of that like dark and drippy. I don't know. But I like it a lot. And it's fun. And I'm going to stick with it hopefully forever. <laughs> <laughs> you are essentially playing your to- your coffin. Yes. Um, <laughs> the game you'll be buried in. Yes. But other than that, yeah, more, you know, Battlegrounds. Adam and I are still playing. We're still awful at it. How's your tactics? You guys getting Alpha Squad? So I was explaining to TJ uh, before trivia this week that Adam and I had like a good run. We had a lot of guns. We was like there was like thirty people left, mm-hmm. and we were rolling up on a couple of these houses. And then our voice chat just dies mm. as we're coming up on this house. And like right when Adam and I see somebody and start talking about like, all right, there's a guy in the window. It's chat cuts. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. And then we got murked. He cut the feed. <laughs> yeah, but it's fine. Was that like just a? Hardware failure? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought that'd be awesome if that's like a game element. Yeah, you can pick something has like cut someone's chat. Yes. Or if you're like beyond the, the blue area. Yeah. Like, you, like a little EMP. Yeah. Like, that over some people. That'd be nuts. That'd yeah. be awesome. But yeah, so um, that, nothing really unique that I experienced, David. So then Leftovers <laughs> finished. Yeah. What the, did the you guys finale? think? I think we may be divided on this. A podcast divided. Into ranks. I'm the general. <laughs> called it, called it, called it. General called it. I'm I'm a very modern major general. Anyway, yeah, the Book of Nora was last. By the time you listened to this, like ten days ago. <laughs> yeah. What'd you guys think of it first? Real quick, a couple words. It was good. TJ said it was good. Brent, I really liked it. Gotcha, Chris. I don't know how you, how you started hosting this bit. All right, and then I thought, <laughs> I really liked it. <laughs> I, I, I agree with TJ. I thought it was good. See, I thought it was the perfect ending for this show. I agree. I don't think that the ending could have been, like, it's it's not going to be my favorite episode. I don't think the ending could have been my favorite episode. I think 
they didn't they couldn't end on a note as crazy as some of the things I've loved along the way like mm-hmm. uh, the hotel like international assassin right. or perfect strangers episode or the you know Fraser the lion episode or whatever I think those were that's those are my favorite parts of the show and I don't think I don't necessarily like Fraser the lion more I'm just giving examples of, sure. of, of weirdness that I, that I loved about the show and I don't know that it. I would have liked it if they had gone that weird in the finale, and I'm glad they didn't. As a result, I agree that it was kind of the perfect ending, and it was uh, really, really good. Yeah, to me, in the end, the show is not about the mystery, but it's it's always been about the characters kind of in a semi mystery, and it's you know it's a love story. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with the mystery elements kind of being left out of the finale. There's a central. Yeah, I never thought we were going to get them. Okay. That has nothing to do with it. I think if that's the case, they could have ended the season at episode five and it would have been the same. That's my argument. That we got nothing new. It was just more of the same. Really good episodic TV that <clears throat> didn't progress the story at all. See, well, I, got, I, don't know, I feel like we got ending to their stories, though. Like, yeah, they, I thought they're Nora, together. Like, the main characters are Nora. They've been together before. There's nothing saying that that's not. You know what I mean? But their relationship had kind of never really been solid. It had never actually been deep other than physical and convenience. Like, even last season, they're together and all this crazy shit happens, and they Mm -hmm. just, like, just bone instead of talk about stuff. Same Mm -hmm. thing early this season is instead of talking about the things, like, you know, him asphyxiating himself and saying, we should Mm -hmm. have a kid... They just laugh and go to Australia. They don't confront anything until the hotel fire. And I think Nora gets the closure that her and anyone who's had someone depart needs with the finale. And then it's finally, I think she finally moves on in the very last episode. So I, I think that's why it's its needed. Yeah, it's I mean, necessary. I think, I'm not, but I'm not sure since we don't get an answer to the mystery, I'm not convinced she's moved on. I don't think she's moved on until, I think she's, she's reached the point, I think she's just been in guilt over either. Either choice A or choice B based on her story. You, you can either believe her story or not believe her story. And mm-hmm. they're both very plausible. Regardless of which, either one would lead to her feeling very guilty about not being with her kids. Either not being with her kids in that she's not dead with her kids. Or she didn't stay in alternate universe with her kids or whatever. She feels bad that she came back. And I think it took Kevin really... Because she... I don't know how many years have passed, but... I don't know. I'm thinking like 15 or something. Is that about right? 20 years? I don't think she feels guilty for coming back, though. But I think that's... I think she she would because that's why she's like living in isolation in Australia. Well, that's why she won't let herself go be with the people who yeah. loved her. Her life is not fulfilled because she's living a life of avoidance. In isolation. So a life being defined by what's not in it versus something in her life. I think she's kind of incomplete that way. And she's still running away just the same as she's doing in the first episode we see her in in The Leftovers. She's kind of... She tries to run away from it by telling everybody about her her loss. But she's not really being honest that, you know, she kind of craves the attention for being as bereaved by the universe as she is. I think she finally, I don't know, stops in the finale. I think it takes Kevin saying he believes her when I think she knows he probably doesn't actually believe her. I don't. I was watching the episode and I was thinking to myself, like, is this real? Is this happening? Like, is this the actual ending that they're showing me? And then when she tells her story, I was thinking, you know, should I believe her? Should I not? Kevin just told a lie, but he came clean. Like, is that indicative that other characters are lying in this episode? And at a certain point, I thought, I'm thinking about this way too fucking much. Nothing in the episode lends you to think that anything that they're showing is a lie. 
or is a fabrication or is like an alternate telling. Well, showing, I, I think yeah. it's all, I think the whole episode is about lying. Why? You have uh, Kevin lying, you have the nun lying, just straight up lying. You have, uh, I guess Lori's alive, by the way. I was like shocked by yeah, that. Yeah, I was too. <laughs> I think the whole episode is about deception because just showing Lori when you pretty much assume when she does the scuba diving thing that she killed herself, you think, oh, where is this even taking place? Mm-hmm. And it's like kind of a yeah. deceptive episode, episode about weird stuff. Yeah, because, I mean, I think the I think what you see, I never had any uh, thoughts that that wasn't real, but I think Lori's the showrunners purposely wanted you to not know if she went to some other place or not. The six times they showed her in the ball, they stopped it at the point of, is she going to yell or is she holding her breath? Mm-hmm. Yes. And they did that. They had to do that on purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's to leave that ambiguity. In. Right. Um, but as far as what was seen, that, I probably was that way for the first 10 minutes of the episode. I was like, mm-hmm. what is this? No, when, when I, but, I agree, though. When I saw Lori, though, I, I thought, could this be... Like, because we don't know what happened when the, like, the... It turned out there was no, like, flood that wiped out the earth. It was just a really rainy day, and yeah. Kevin Sr. got lucky, basically, mm-hmm. with that prediction. Everybody's thinking, like... I don't know, I spent half the episode thinking, like, oh, did, did, was there some kind of crazy reset or something? Mm-hmm. Which is why Kevin doesn't remember, and it mm-hmm. was just... No, it was... Time just passed, and this is just slightly crazy, dude. That's how he thinks he should approach Nora is by pretending. Yeah, and I guess that's happened. the that was my main thing is that I don't see that they're any more solid now than they ever were since they're both acting so erratic and lying throughout the whole episode. Like, there's no reason for me to think things are better now. Well, to me, they they come clean at the end. Maybe, I guess maybe no, that's my point. <laughs> I guess I believe I believe Nora at the end, even if it's not physically true, it feels emotionally true for from her acting. And like reading her face and her like uh, her reaction at the end of it, mm-hmm. and I think I don't know. I think they they're laying themselves bare at the end of the episode. Yeah, I mean, whether you, t- regardless of specifics, whether you believe specifics or not, I guess I do believe that it took her years and years to finally reach her kids emotionally. Even if she didn't go over there, then she they're somewhere and they're. They've been without yeah, her for been the fault. And then seven she, years. She made the decision that where they are is not the place where she needs to be. Yeah. And that's her way of moving on, but I think she still punished herself for years for that. And I could see I could see if she if she did scream and get out of the little glass ball or whatever, I guess she would probably feel guilty about that and put herself in the seclusion because mm-hmm. she missed her brother's funeral and she would have yeah, been she, embarrassed by she that. She burned in everything in her life to go to, to this. And she'd be ashamed that she couldn't even do that. Do you think Kevin believed her? That she went to another dimension? I do. But just because of everything Kevin has experienced. Uh, it's like he's pushed right. like a what, baby, for him baby patty in a well. It's like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. That's like a Wednesday <laughs> for me. <Yeah. laughs> I did. Uh, my two favorite scenes in the episode were Matt Libs. Uh, yeah. Matt and uh, Nora saying bye to each other at the beginning. Was really I love cool. the Matt Libs out. <clears throat> It starts off as this like funny little silly scene, and then you realize in the middle of it what what it's for. Her obituary. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really good. Uh, I really like Christopher Eccleston in the series too. Mm-hmm. I thought he was really really good. He's yeah. he's also really he's really good at like the manic scenes, like trying to keep uh, Mary in mm-hmm. Jarden, mm-hmm. like that episode last year, and the one where he's freaking out in the boat this year. But when he's like he he's kind of abandoned the mania and he's kind of reserved and everything. 
He's just a really good actor. Yeah. When he's just connecting to people. And then I love the scene where they're dancing at the wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nora and uh, I want to call him Nick because it's Nora. That, but, uh, <laughs> I know, I do that too. Nora Kevin, and Kevin. Yeah. And, uh, it's just so loaded with their history. It's a... Yeah. That scene is really beautiful. And it's just all in their faces. They're such good actors in that scene. The, uh, my second favorite part after the siblings in the beginning is probably Kevin lying until, you know, when he shows up until he tells the truth. Mm-hmm. He's just... It's like, oh, you remember my kids' names? That's really impressive. Yeah. Yeah, he really sells it. I also like the the structure for the finale is kind of like a romantic comedy that's not funny. Yeah. You know, there's this like there's this scheme that a person's trying to do to get with somebody. It includes like this big dance and at the end comes clean and like bears his soul, but there's nothing funny about it. No. But it just has all, all those romantics of a, all those uh parts of a romantic comedy. I don't know, I just think that kind of works as kind of a a fun thing for the finale because it's the 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 pinnacle of their romance closing at the show there was one really funny line in the show in the finale that made me laugh it was uh when uh when she says i invited you to miami and he said i would have remembered that because i would have definitely gone i love miami yeah (laughs) (laughs) one more romantic comedy thing and she also calls her best friend to talk about a boy (laughs) (laughs) calling laurie and he's like no i want to don't like him (laughs) it's like maybe you should do it yeah now that season three is complete i would I still think I like season two better, but I did like season three a lot. I thought it was a good ending. I think all three are fairly equal in my mind, all all three seasons. I didn't think that two was that much better than one, but... I really love, too, the constant, like, the Kevin going crazy throughout the season aspect of it, which Mm -hmm. is, plus you had the... That beautiful piano rendition of Where's My Mind? Yeah, that was great. Great score. That's mm-hmm. something that's such a score in a weird way I never would have thought of. Plus it has my favorite scene of the of the series, which is uh, the karaoke scene yeah. in the hotel. Yeah, that's, hotel. Really that's good. good. We're talking about a weird thing. The guy who plays God in the Frasier episode, he's like in, I think he's, is he in every season? It's the one weird connection of like... I don't know if he's in season he's one. He's a fantastical character in the real world and in the international assassin world. Because he's in the karaoke and he's on the bridge asking you know yeah, him yeah. to push in the well, mm-hmm. but he's also like everyone can see him and like Matt the preacher interacts with him. That that's a mm. mystery thing though. Yeah, I'll I'll miss this weird little show. I also liked it was kind of unconventional nod to a conventional finale of you have a resolution for every single character. It just happens to be through people talking about them rather than yeah, that was you actually well. seeing. My only complaint about season three is that. Uh, I would have liked more of uh, uh, John and Erica. Yeah, I, I really liked John from the second season. He was, I think, like one of the highlights. Yeah, yeah. Him, him, and Erica were awesome in the uh, second. Especially season. the first couple episodes of season three, where you realize that like John has jumped aboard the ship, and he, <laughs> him with his like full religious conversion, and his religious attitude is basically, well, maybe they're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, like, and I love that. The first thing you see in season three is him doing the thing that he literally burned a guy's house down for in the first episode of season two. Yeah, yeah, it was a great show. It ended, it ended well. Mm -hmm. It just isn't a. I mean, it was was, like I said, it was good, better than okay. I'll say it. You know, the finale is not going to go down for one of the best finales of all time. One of the best episodes of the show. Yeah, I I never think it has to to really land the show for me. Yeah, like I said, I still think show was great. I guess I need a little bit of a little bit of distance too to kind of put it in the in the pantheon for me. See where it see where it resides. And I'm probably still season two is my favorite, but there's a lot of stuff I remember from some season three that I really like. That I think rewatching would be really fun. Like the Kevin Senior specific episode, the Fraser the Lion episode is really good. 
the Good Day Melbourne. Yeah. That part. Mark Lynn Baker. Mark Lynn Baker. I'll never forget just watching that episode for the first time. Just like turning it on. Seeing like the sad shapes. Standing tall. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. So I was like, what are you watching? I don't know. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. I watch the, the the series one episode at a time every week since the first season started. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to kind of go back and when you can do a couple. Uh... <laughs> I do deserve applause. <laughs> I also watched it one yeah. episode at a time and looked forward to it every week and mm-hmm. thought it, it ended with an underwhelming Finale. Uh, I watched the series three episodes at a time. It mm. made it even more confusing to I watch it three episodes. Six and a half episodes at a time every 18 hours. I, I watched it season one, episode one, season two, episode one, season three, episode one, season one, episode two. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Well, you guys are all fucked up. <laughs> it made the ending much better because I could think more about it. I really it. understood Kevin doing yeah. it this way. Yeah. I wonder if. Uh, I recorded copies of VHS and then watched them backwards. <laughs> I just wonder if something of a down tempo finale was the point. Point of the show because it's the episode that's after the Armageddon doesn't happen and the flood doesn't occur is you have well it's like any doomsday cult that the doomsday doesn't happen mm-hmm. it's like what's next it's Y2K the day after and it, well now what interestingly that's how the season starts mm-hmm. with that's, the that's the premise of the show yeah. You, you remember the season starts with the woman in the 1800s climbing up on a roof to, yep. to get taken. And That's right. I love how it kind of ends that way, too, which is just, well, didn't come for us. What next? That's the point. It's like, you know, you're, you're left, you have your survivor's guilt you deal with, you have your grief, you got these cataclysmic events that don't happen or happen, and then afterwards you're just left with people. Yeah. yeah. So they, they have people. They hammered yeah. that home. Yeah. In a very obvious way. Yeah. <laughs> everyone put your. I thought I just trapped the case. <laughs> everyone put your beads on this goat. They stand for all of our sins. Like yeah. Nora sees the goat. The weight of its sins are killing this goat. Here, I'll take these, and instead of putting them anywhere else, I'll put them on myself. I'll carry these for you, and I'll bring you home, and then you'll knock over the bucket with everyone's love letters to the universe. I guess, I guess that's the main, the, my main, if I have a problem with it, it was just like a little bit of obvious overkill for a show that's been so smart. It's Damon Lindelof waving his hand going, hey, do you know what this show's about? Like, just in case you know what this show's it. about? Yeah. See, I think that's been in the show every step of the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly my point. See, I, I just don't think you can knock it for the finale because that's what the show's been. That's the story of the, the show the whole time. Yeah, but my problem with the show, the thing that makes it not a great show, is that it never did anything else. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. And I was waiting for something else to happen all of season three, and it just kept being like, it's about grief, it's about love, it's not about this. It's, it's like, like, I got it. It's Walter White cooking meth, and then the show ending with him still cooking meth. And giving money to his family. Which is why Breaking Bad is a bad show. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's, there's, like, the evolution of the characters is that we're at season one, episode one, and there was a thing that happened, and now they're, like, trying to figure out how to move on with their lives, except instead of a thing happening, it was a thing that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Like, stop the fucking presses. <laughs> well, for sure to be good, I don't think it needs to tackle, like, a new theme every season. No. Or, like, expand to, now we're dealing with this, in addition to all the other stuff. Or, like, change the setting. Yeah, most of the greatest shows of all time are, like, about a thing. There's Mad Men is about a thing. Sopranos is about a thing and Mm -hmm. explores it. I think this show does the same thing. I disagree. I'm going to put you in a ball. I mean, I still give it, like, a show, like, a 90%. I mean, we're splitting hairs, but I just... Took us a while to get to that split. We got there, though. Yeah. (laughs) 
Someone called James like McAvoy. We, we just eased into it. I was just waiting for you guys to I guess just, I don't understand eating. that's the point of... Yeah, I mean, if I'm kind of with David in that, like, I mean, I know. <laughs> but it's like, if you if you if you have a show and it's about it, and, you know, I, I don't see the, the flaw in staying thematically consistent. If you're expecting the show to do a different thing There's in no the finale, then... I mean, it's your expectation. It's nothing to do with the show. That's why I said I was underwhelmed. Hmm. Because it's it's not about it being a bad episode or not. TJ and I both recognize that like, it was a good episode. But for me, I wanted, I wanted something in the finale that if this is going to be the last episode of Leftovers, I want it to be something more than just taking all... All the other 29 episodes, rolling them into a ball, sticking them into a blender, hitting puree, and pouring it out, and that's the finale. Like, here is our mashed-up distillation of all of our themes. Here are the characters that are important now, and here's your slurry. It's just kind of a watered-down take on the whole season, whole series. Yeah, I think maybe the best way for me to describe how I feel about it is it feels like a finale that I would and could have written, and that it just seemed like that was the most... Obvious way to end that show to me by going fifteen years in the future. Fifteen years or a year doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, does it? It's called happily ever after. That's but like I went, I came back, I realized that over there, ninety eight percent of the people left. Like, yeah, that's 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 all good, but it's not. It's just more of the same, and the same is really good. Yeah, (laughs) but it's just more of that. You could make this the finale to any show where there is a marriage that is kind of falling apart, and just change the characters out. And be the exact same finale. It would function just as well. I don't know. I I, I I was I wanted more than how generic I thought it was. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. I feel that way too. <laughs> Second, <laughs> but we've got a split. So, Franklin, you're the tiebreaker. What do you think? Of leftovers <laughs> as a show. Do you like it or do you two hate of us it? give it an A minus and two of us give it an A plus? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought the acting in it was phenomenal was really good if I would have made one one writing choice I would have uh, not shown Lori on the other end of the phone I would have only shown Nora's version side of the conversation in the phone booth because then you keep the illusion that Lori may have died may not have died I, I agree with that and and it yeah, it, guess, yeah. it plays with you like the, the the episode doesn't play with you at all the way that the rest of the show has um, and I you know if they just don't show who she's talking to and then, she, and then when they're all coming clean, she goes, "I talked to Lori," and he goes, "What?" Like it makes that sell better. Yeah. You I didn't still, just watch her talk to him ten minutes ago. I mean, the them selling her maybe still being crazy is still interesting because yeah, Laura could be dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, his shock of you talked to her could have been because she died fifteen years ago. She could have made up the guy coming down from the ladder, coming out of the nun's house. That could have mm-hmm. been all bullshit. They just kept having that that thing of. Is she crazy? Isn't she crazy? Like, is it a reliable narrator? Is, is it crumbelievable? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, I think that I don't know. The we're we're far enough in like movies and TV where the is this really happening? Like this entire perspective. I think it, it's starting to get overdone. I kind of appreciated grounding the finale in the real world because they have you know they've set off the nuclear bomb in the other world where all the weird shit's going down, and now you have what's left. Like, there's been enough. TV shows where it's like, is this character real or is it in his head? Oh, you could think about it. Here's a BuzzFeed article about... Oh, I mean, that's how the show was for sure, though. I mean, you have no idea 
if she's a reliable narrator or not. Who, Kirkin? True, but uh, I think it, it purposefully it purposefully torpedoes the you know that aspect of it in the what is it, the most powerful man in the world episode mm-hmm. where it's like it's over. They, uh. I don't feel like they've I feel like they've just lied to each other. They haven't lied to us much in the show. So oh, like, I don't think she's lying on purpose. I think she's unreliable. That's what I mean though. It's like but unreliable. All uh, of her narration before has never been unreliable. Right. It would be a, a, a like about face in the final episode. All of the Nora specific episodes. Oh, see how that's a stretch though. I mean, she's fucking secluded herself from everybody for fifteen years. I mean, she's obviously crazy. She's had people shoot her in the chest. I don't think you know yeah. that next step of insanity wouldn't be that. I mean, the other thing is that there's a nun fucking a dude upstairs, and she's lying to us. Like, I don't know why you would believe that over the obviously crazy person. I don't know. She's obviously crazy. I mean, I mean, if you. Like- <laughs> Some of the shit she did show, I'm pretty sure she's crazy. No, but it, it's it's an insane situation. Like sure. I don't I don't know what the realistic reaction would be to losing your entire family. Yeah. In in one day, and, and also you yelled at them right before they all left. Sure. So there's like a I think you go crazy unconscious <laughs> part of you that like feels guilty. But like I don't know that I can judge the getting shot in the chest because you know we wouldn't know what they would feel like. And yeah, no. Uh, I mean, I, my, yeah, my, my, my hunch is I would lose my mind. Hmm. Yeah. Just like how have you ever been stuck in a bathroom and you have a crazy fucking freak out reaction or have you ever uh, you know when someone like let your birds go free just like ran around town like screaming at everyone who will listen to you? Because, I don't know. She's, just, she's unhinged, at least. It's just well, funny that, like, the last episode, it was like, Lori's dead. I'll be shocked if she's alive. And then she calls her and talks to her, and you're like, strange if she's not dead. Like, an hour ago, you were convinced she was dead. And the <laughs> phone call from that lady makes you think she's still alive. Like, oh. she could very well be dead. Are you talking about me specifically? I'm talking about okay. people saying... All four of us saying like yeah. it's a it's gonna be a trick if she's alive. She's mm-hmm. definitely dead. I guess I appreciate that the the trick was just kind of a you know a fake out rather than actually being like I don't or, know. Or she could know. be dead though is my point, and it's not a trick. I mean, we were convinced she was dead. Lori, yeah, I want to listen back, but I'm pretty sure I said I wouldn't be surprised if she was still alive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought she was dead, but you yeah. know that's the thing of that's like only seeing part of a scene. It's like Game of Thrones character unless it's... you see them die. You know they're coming back. <laughs> you make right. assumptions, and even in certain cases, like Patty, even when they do die, they're coming back. Right, and you know, seeing a whole scene. Another reason that she's unreliable is that they want her to be an unreliable narrator on that because they don't show her dying and going to the other side or whatever, going to the other universe. Yeah, it's, it's trying to make yeah. you like off kilter to to not knowing where you where you are. No, part of talking to Lori. Uh, okay, uh, yes. Uh, when she, when Nora speaks, the things she speaks about are definitely unreliable. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that w- through the camera lens, the things that we see tend to be reliable on the show. Uh, yes. When when not no, told I mean, from we, Kevin's perspective. Yeah, or Kevin's yeah, perspective. No, yeah, is I mean, clearly think, on the other side. I think, yeah, it's a. You have to have a lot of filters on that statement to make it true. Yeah. Because we don't see that through the Kevin's eyes, but we definitely see people that only Kevin sees. Yeah, but I think he's really seeing them. Yeah. Yeah, and I, th- I think I think Nora's really seeing them too. It doesn't make them... They could be fake, though, is my point. They could not be there. She could be seeing them. Sure. She could see the guy come down off the ladder, but that doesn't mean he's real. I don't know. Maybe it's just like a difference of opinion. I just don't see the basis for her <laughs> <definitely> being... Uh, <laughs> well, I just don't see the basis for her being unhinged that would lead to you doubting everything she sees. The rest of the series. Because in the final episode, I think she's unhinged and she's manic because her life is caught up to her. Because mm-hmm. Kevin shows up, and then, like, before that, she is going about her life. She's got her chores. After Kevin shows up is when she freaks out in the bathroom. Yeah. She, she freaks out at the nun. She even left Nora behind. She's calling herself Sarah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Nora caught up to her. And and anyone who like ready. anyone who abandons life and something catches up to them is going going to go have a like little a, mad. Have a reaction. It yes. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean they instantly go insane and like dead people are everywhere. So so we agree. The reaction <laughs> instantly. The reaction could be that she uh, you know snapped and went a little crazy when Kevin showed up. Or it could be that, you know, the things portrayed on the screen are exactly as they are, except for all the characters could be lying to us. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I mean, I just thought the things that character went through, I think she was obviously had, like, she was mentally unstable. Right? From the, all the trauma. I mean, no. you, you're getting shot in the chest. I'm not judging her for it, but it's fucking crazy. <laughs> I mean, you can't say it's, that's not she crazy. She hired prostitutes to it's shoot out there. her in the chest. <laughs> yeah. She wears so, a bulletproof vest. She's crazy. Like, like that's been identified. So, I'm not saying that 100% sure she saw those people. I'm saying it's just, you have to question that. Yeah, from our perspective, she's crazy, but this is a different landscape. She's crazy in any landscape. She's crazy in that landscape. I think it's clear. She's not a normal person in that world. I don't know. What's normal in that world? Not shooting yourself in the chest with a whore. (laughs) Wait. Is, well, what's like... Wait. A whore fired into your chest? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I mean what's anyone's mechanism? Is is jumping on a trampoline insane? No. By that, uh, I, I guess it could be insane. Someone's slaughtering a goat because just they believe that's what keeps everything together. Or staying in a town. Yeah, or you've town named all three things. things. Jumping on a trampoline, not slaughtering a goat. Maybe. Hiring a prostitute to shoot you in the chest. Definitely crazy. <laughs> yeah, move, moving to a place called Miracle, Texas because no one departed from there. Maybe not as crazy, but definitely a big life event. Uh, moving there and then living in a tower uh, in the middle of town with no clothes and pooping and peeing into a bucket. Crazy. I don't know. I don't know that I would call that crazy. Alright. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk, man. <laughs> yeah. And that's what Franklin told me. That's just normal stuff. <laughs> that's what Franklin told me. <laughs> talk. Breeze through the news. Yep. We'll do breezy on the streets. We'll do some quick fires. Breezy like Sunday morning. Yep. Start up with the trailer roundup. Had some trailers debut. First one, Black Panther. What'd you think? Looks crazy. <laughs> you son of a fuck. <laughs> it, looks, it looks really good. I'm sure it'll be great like every other Marvel movie. Yeah. yeah. This is going to sound underwhelmed, but it looks like a Marvel movie, so I'll probably yeah. like it. Yeah. yeah. That's about it. Yeah, it looks fun. Trailer didn't do much other than just make me aware of it. And <laughs> maybe now that backflips are going to be an integral part of this movie. There's a lot of backflips. Yeah. I, I really liked from the trailer just how vibrant every scene looks. Yeah. It's like just like really colorful. When I saw the trailer, I was like, I hope they don't change the setting into something like really like dark and grim because I'm tired of gray and brown superhero movies. Yeah. That's what made the first Guardian so fun is it was colorful and stylish. Yeah. And, you know, it's just making that terrestrial mm-hmm. looks like in this movie. The Andy Serkis maniacal laugh seemed out of place in the trailer, though. <laughs> it's like, they thought Dolorado was in South America. It's been in Africa the whole time. <laughs> like, what? Why are you laughing? He's, uh... They don't know geography. Is, is he playing the same character he played in Ultron? Yeah. Yeah, and Freeman, too. Who? Martin, Martin, Martin Freeman. Freeman. He was in... He was in Civil War. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I never saw I saw those movies once, so... Yeah. Yep. Uh, another trailer, the trailer for Coco came out. It's the Pixar Day of the Dead movie. Looks fun. Over, under, Rotten Tomatoes. 97%. Under. 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 Any, anytime you take a shot with, uh, another culture... Somebody's somebody that's gonna rub True. somebody wrong. True. By the way, did you guys ever see the movie Book of Life, the animated movie about the Day of the Dead? I've always wanted to watch it, but I never had it. Was it good? It's pretty good. It's got good reviews. It's like it's a weird like this seems like a retread of that style. 
if you go back and look at that movie. Hmm. Pixar is never really like behind the times on style things like that, but they kind of did a Day of the Dead movie. Yeah. And it's pretty good. It's got a guitar in it, a famous guitar, and that's like in the Coco movie. And instead of looking at the voice talent, Gael Garcia Bernal uh-huh. is in Coco, and Diego Luna is in Book of Life. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Splitting up the Tambien boys. <laughs> uh, I recommend that movie. You should check it out. It's fun. Yeah, I've always wanted to see it. It's not amazing, but it's fun. It's and crazy, then, uh, it crazy as it looks. It's uh, as relative to the landscape in which it happens as it looks. <laughs> uh, trailer for American Made came out. Looks fun. Tom Cruise being a gun runner. It was filmed in my hometown of Ballground, Georgia. Yeah, and Brent got a site visit. Got his credentials validated. Yeah, they re, re, they remade the town of Ballground into the town of Mena, Arkansas, circa like nineteen seventy four or whatever. <laughs> they didn't have to change much. No, yeah. they changed some signs. That was yeah. it. <laughs> they left the one street light up though. That's good. Would have caused a lot of accidents. Just right. one. But it looks fun. It looks like the movie I wanted Top Gun Two to be. Maverick breaks back. We've already given up on Top Gun Two. <laughs> yeah. Movie's coming out in three years. It's fucking bullshit. It was so disappointing. Zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, we heard the name, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, it's gonna suck. Over under 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's supposed to be kicking off the drone saga. (laughs) The Drones Chronicles. Attack of the Drones. Yep. Do you guys know E3's starting today? (laughs) Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Yeah, E3 starting today. I wanted to run down some stuff. Yes. Yeah, see yeah, what you guys yeah. thought. Um, some of these are uh, locks that are, that are going to be presented. This is more of just gauging your guys' reaction. But some early news that we've heard. Uh, there's going to be a new Dragon Ball game. It's going to be a fighting game. Does Ooh. anyone care about that? Fighting game like a... Like Street Fighter style? Yeah. There's been a bunch of those that come out that are supposed to be decent. Yeah. Where you can fly in the air and stuff. But yeah. I've never really, never really sampled yeah, them before. I, this is... There, there, there have been a few. They just released like a like a MMO style one, like WoW, where you like create your character and you can interact with other people in the world and fight with and against them. It's I don't know, I don't know, not I mean, for, not not for me. They don't have a developer attached, but it wouldn't surprise me if they stuck with the same like kind mm-hmm. of half 3D, half 2D fighting. Sure. There's a new Ace Combat game, Ace Combat Seven. Oh. E3 trailer is leaked. I don't really care much for the Ace Combat games, but I think this is the first one in a while. What are they? It's, it's you're flying a jet. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's in anticipation of Top Gun 3. <laughs> <laughs> Have you played them before? Yeah. I played them way back in the day, PS1, PS2 era. Mm. Okay. Um, not, not since. Yeah. The mechanics would be a lot better. Well, yeah, I'm just not the the near it's not your thing too. Yeah, near sim uh, like dogfighting games just aren't as interesting. Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. But if it's like a mech or something that's more fun, oh, it's yeah. more fantastical. But like the literally like keeping track of your your gas and your plane and stuff mm-hmm. and like controls. All that does is just show me how bad I would be at this. Yeah, like that's yeah. like some people really got into the flight simulator thing like 20 years ago. Like I think I played it once and I was like I just don't care. Yeah. I'm just not up for it. Some yeah. people obsess over that stuff. Uh, Bloodstained is probably going to make a strong appearance. If you don't know what that is, it was the game that was kickstarted. Uh, the developer is uh, Iga from uh, Symphony of the Night, Castlevania ah. Symphony of the Night. It's got a huge fan backing. But is it like a Metroidvania type game? It's basically a reskin Symphony of the Night. I oh, mean, that's yeah. one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. Far Cry 5 is probably going to be there uh, a lot. It's Far, uh, Far Cry Montana. Yeah. Yeah. It's the protagonist is fighting against cultish white uh, militant extremists. 
Mm. Yeah, Sounds it's fun. it's already making headlines for its tone uh, this day and age, and people are calling for boycotts because how dare you touch something so sensitive as militias fencing off an area and saying, get off my property with guns. Far Cry has always kind of been a controversial title, though. Yeah, it's like... Uh, the third one is South American, like drug trafficking and shit like that. Right. Like heroin. Four was in India doing a similar kind of thing. Yeah, like a self-styled, like, like god emperor. Tamil, in like Tamil Tiger type territory. Yeah. There's a lot of T's in that sentence. <laughs> I never played Far Cry Primal. Is that like canon it's, or was it like a spin-off type thing? It's a spin-off. Like, it's kind of like Blood like, Dragon. Uh, Blood Dragon, okay. Yeah. It's just kind of a... I like three and four. I never played... Blood yeah. Dragon or Primal, but I like those about, games. Yeah. They're fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll pick up Far Cry 5, I'll dick around with it until I get bored, and <laughs> then I'll put it down and it will. I'll, I'll move on in my life. Yeah. Um, and I see, Brent, you're looking at my list. You're probably excited to talk about this next one. Uh, they're making a new Bubsy game. <laughs> Bubsy! <laughs> I don't know if you remember Bubsy, but he's the, he's the weird cat thing from... Ah, fuck, like, all the titles were, like, terrible puns about, like, cat paws and... Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's awful. That's not... But, like, Bubsy Catastrophe. Yeah. <laughs> but what I actually want to talk about, which I think that two people here might be interested in, since you guys are knobs about Skyrim, is uh, <laughs> Bethesda has announced, and will probably show a lot of, uh, their new game, Starfield, which oh. is a sci-fi uh, Skyrim. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, it would be a game similar to Elder Scrolls or Fallout. Yep. Nice. Yeah, I'll, nice. I'd sign up for that. Yeah. Because in the in the wake of Mass Effect Andromeda being like a huge fucking stinker. It's wide open. Like a great space opera, sim, not sim, but, uh, you know. Um, open world. Open world sandbox game. Yep. Like that is rife for the pillaging. Yeah. Nice. New shops to invest in. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, and they also, and this isn't going to be at E3, but uh, Bethesda kind of laid out their 10-year plan. They have partnered with Game of Thrones, and oh, they are going to be making a Game of Thrones game at some point in the next, like, five years. You do the action RPG style in Westeros? Yeah. I will quit this podcast. It will be too much time. Can you imagine how big those environments would be? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That'd be... A gorgeous game. Especially, I mean... Imagine, not, like, being able to go look down her, like, crazy sister, the, like, hole where they kill people. The yeah. moon well. Yeah. That'd be cool as shit. You just I was like, y'all play that game a lot. You, <laughs> you just play, like, one of the brothers without banners, and that's, like, the setting. That'd be just... Just to, like, roam across any any of those countries. Oh, sides. true. They like, could do... I mean, factions would be great, easy to do in those games. You yeah. just join the, the banner. Join a house. You can be yeah, a banner man. Yeah. yeah. Because if there's one thing that I, that I really didn't enjoy, <laughs> if there's one thing I really didn't enjoy in Skyrim, it's the main plot between like the rebels and yeah. the empire. It's kind of yeah. eh. it's the thing you put off while you play a side quest, right? And plus, it's there's like no difference at all, right? Yeah. Spoiler alert. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think I ever played us. I don't think I ever joined either side. Yeah, I just I only did no. because because I had. Um, you, there's an achievement to yeah. either side. And uh, because I had... Uh, fuck, why am I blanking I, I, on I play it? with mods, so I can't get achievements, sadly. Hmm. Yeah. It's a that's what you get play. for bikini armor. I'm going to play again sometime. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's that happens when you replace all the dragons with Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> no, unfortunately, that would be awesome. Unfortunately, those cool ones don't appear on PlayStation. Oh. Mm. Sorry, so I'll go real quick to these last ones. No, uh, time, I man. think it's crazy that we're going to have... Uh, it's 2017 and E3... Two big players are going to be Mario and Sonic because Super Mario Odyssey is going to make an appearance. That game's coming out like in October. It's the next flagship Mario game, mm. um, and the first one for the Switch. So, cool. 
They're going to talk about that a lot. Uh, it's not going to be Nintendo's main focus. I don't really know what Nintendo's doing this year. Hmm. Um, but we'll find out. And so then, don't they have... No. Well, I don't know if it's Switch. I actually don't know what platform it's on. I thought Nintendo does their own thing. Their presence in E3 is kind of minimal. Yeah, they kind of don't give a shit. But they do have hmm. playable demos okay. on the floor. But like yeah, what, At the end of the week or whatever. Yeah, just like when they open the, the yeah. show floor. Um, the weird thing was, like last year, they were like, we're showing... Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. They're like, okay, cool. Like, what else are you showing? They're like, we're showing Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And that's basically all they had. Yeah. They didn't need much more, apparently. Yeah. I mean, they, they did like a little uh, press conference and they showed like a little bit of Pokemon Sun and Moon last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they already beat E3 to it this year and they had a direct where they talked about new Pokemon games. Sure. Hawken Tournament, which is like the, the Tekken Pokemon game coming to the Switch. Hmm. So I don't know how much they're going to do, but they're going to do Mario Odyssey there. For the Switch, there's a Zelda game out, there's a Mario Kart out, and the Mario is coming out later. It's yeah. like, what could be that huge Yeah. as far as their IP that they could show? They've spoiled, you know, everyone knows Splatoon 2 is coming out soon. Yeah. Uh, not everyone knows, but like people who are Switch owners or Nintendo fans and mm-hmm. ARMS just came out. People are buzzing about that. It's coming. It'll be out the day after E3, so mm-hmm. they're not going to talk about it. Anyway. I'm not trying to predict what Nintendo talks about. But what about Sonic? Sonic Mania is a, a 2D Sonic game. Nintendo's kind of notorious for, because that's rolled up into Nintendo now, um, kind of squashing fan projects. There was a game called AM2R, another Metroid 2 remake. Mm-hmm. It was just a complete fan creation, and they took that shit down. Um, it was getting great reviews, and people were saying, like, this is the Metroid 2 you wanted to play. And they cease and desist, DMCA takedown notices, like, threw everything at them. Hmm. Uh, but with Sonic Mania, this started as a fan-created thing. And instead of just, like, destroying them and salting the earth, they just basically took them all on and took their IP. And so this is, like, a new 2D uh, Sonic game. Like, wow. the classic um, Sonics 1, 2, and 3 and Knuckles. Yeah, it's going to be Windows, Switch, PlayStation, and Xbox. Yeah. So, on all of them. so I guess it's not intended to them, because... Sega, I guess Sega still is allowed out I was of confused because they had that all those sports games for the Wii yeah. that was Sonic and Mario that's yeah. why I was wondering if they were acquired at some point but yeah. they, they weren't yeah. they're a weird legacy they, they for partner, yeah. Sega how they're I guess they're, they're just still a publisher right? yeah yeah I kind of be excited. It's been a while since there's been a decent Sonic game. Yeah. I stand by the Dreamcast Sonic Adventure games. Mm-hmm. Those were a lot of fun. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with those. Dreamcast is a weird yeah. console in history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so ahead of its time in so many ways. Yeah, and it sucked so bad in so many ways. Yeah. Last two things, uh, you know, people were all a buzz about Final Fantasy last year. I don't think that we see or hear anything about the Final Fantasy VII remake. It's supposed um, to be this year, right? Come out this year. Well, it's episodic, so I think oh, that yeah, their yeah. goal was that it was going to be uh, Q4 this year. Yeah, I don't think we hear anything about FF7. I think that we probably hear uh, DLC for Final Fantasy XV. Um, mm-hmm. I guess they're also doing HD remake of Final Fantasy XII with a an additional story where you play as a character, uh, not Vaughn, who was kind of a hated protagonist, mm-hmm. but ball feared. Yeah, the the twelve remake or the whatever they're doing with it sounds really interesting. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll I'll look into it. Like it's it's something I didn't really like twelve that much, but I didn't put a lot into it. But I'd be down with uh, checking out a HD remake on a mm-hmm. modern console. And then the last thing is um, uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. I would expect to see a lot of that. It's taking place in Egypt, <laughs> um, so it's it's pre even the first one. 
Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know what the, the Origins moniker means. It's in Egypt now. Scarier yeah. than Egypt. <laughs> I don't know what the Origins moniker means, but you know, maybe they'll get into like the origins of the fight between the Templars and whatever the Brotherhood of Assassins are. Um, nice. the, the stories of those games never really interested me that much, um, but the gameplay is undeniably fun. I'll throw this out. I don't know specifically what they have planned, but Naughty Dog is one of my favorite developers, and I hope to see more of uh, Last of Us 2. Oh yeah, I guess Last of Us 2, that'll probably... I mean, if that's going to be anywhere, that's going to be in PlayStation's main yeah. conference. Because yep. we got that really awesome trailer of just her singing the song on the mm-hmm. guitar, which yeah. is one of my favorite... It's probably my favorite game trailer ever. Maybe we'll get some gameplay this time around. Yeah. That'd be cool. I wonder if they show any of uh, Uncharted, the side story with like the Maria character. Wasn't that coming out this year? I don't know. That feels like that feels like an off year for, for an Uncharted game. We just got Uncharted 5 last year. Was Uncharted last 4. Year? Uncharted 4? Was it last year? Or? I thought it was okay. last year. Yeah, it might be. Isn't there a new console? That we were going to guess the name of? Right. So, uh, just some background. Uh, PlayStation has named its consoles PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, and then PlayStation Pro. But its handhelds irrelevant. PSP and PlayStation Vita. Mm-hmm. Uh, Microsoft, for some reason, has named their consoles Xbox, Xbox 360, and then Xbox One. <laughs> with their slim version called Xbox One S. Guess what the S stands for? Psycho. Um, so they have... This, this is... This is going to be the good takeaway. The quote-unquote whoever wins E3 is going to be all dependent on how um, their coverage of their new console goes. And this Mm -hmm. is basically the pro version of the Xbox One, and it's codenamed Scorpio. And I wanted to see if you guys wanted to guess... Uh, what it's actually going to be called. If it's still going to be called Scorpio, bring out your your best marketing hat and put it on, and what would you call the Xbox One Pro? Sagittarius. (laughs) Xbox One MAGA. (laughs) (laughs) The Xbox Sex Box. (laughs) Xbox Ah. Sex Box. You're my sex box. (laughs) Only because of the uh, 4K relevancy. Yeah. And it being the fourth one, it might just be Xbox Four. That's probably what I would call it. Yeah, it's sell the four K shit. Four thousand Warhammer, <laughs> Xbox Warhammer, Warhammer, <laughs> Xbox God Emperor, Xbox Oscar Beatty, <laughs> Xbox Omega. Xbox Omega is not bad, but that's kind of hard to title your console with something that's like the last of something. That's just the last in the Greek. You do what? what's better than Greek because the next uh, <laughs> next one you start on. <laughs> you want to start in Greece, just start like way back with Xbox Omeba. I'm, I'm going to put my money. It's safe money. It's not interesting. But I think they're going to, I think it's going to be, I think it's a, it's a toss up between staying Scorpio because they've been calling it Scorpio since E3 last year where they kind of revealed it because PlayStation revealed their stuff. They were like, mm-hmm. actually we've got one coming out too. <laughs> so they either keep it Scorpio or I think they go something as plain as like Xbox One Elite. They have a, a series of controllers called their Elite Controllers and it helps and it, it matches up with the Halo branding where there are Covenant bad guys, the you know, dangerous ones. Most common are called the elites. Hmm. But I'll go with Xbox Four. I like Xbox it. One and not done. <laughs> Hosted by John Calipari. But yeah, that's it. That's 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 my E3 preview talk. Cool. I'll we'll have a full wrap from yeah. one or three of y'all next week. Yep. Yeah, I'm excited to watch trailers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. the week. Yeah, I, I don't care. I am a fucking shill for this stuff. People are like, oh, it's just like marketing hype. It's like, yeah, I love it. <laughs> they, they did a great job with it. Paid those people. It's so much fun, though. Yeah. In other stuff, uh, Cowboy Bebop's getting turned into a live TV show. Weird. 
Anyone else seen Cowboy Bebop besides me and Chris? No. I'm just Cowboy Rocks. They're the only two people on Earth who've seen Yeah. It'd be weird, like, what kind of budget that show would need to make it decent. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's if you guys don't know the premise, it's it's like a space opera uh, noir. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, the main character is like a detective. He's a bounty hunter. But it's a lot of space stuff in it. You know, mm-hmm. the main setting is like on the ship, and then they go to different planets to like hunt down these like high tech fugitives. So if, if they got the money, it could be good. But what's it going to air on? Uh, I don't know. I couldn't find that out. Mm. I saw it on Polygon. Mm. There's probably been updates since then. Cool. Cool. Another thing in the news: uh, Wonder Woman True, Wonder Woman True, <laughs> Wonder Woman Two. True would be a great for Wonder Woman. That'd yeah. be a great little. Horrible name yeah. for the second movie. Great little horrible name. But the second movie does not technically have a director. That's because Warner Brothers chose not to get a contract in place before Wonder Woman came out, thinking it might be a modest release. It They're like, well, into, it's a DC movie, so it's not going to do well. It's a woman directed by a woman. I mean, come on. That's DC voice. <laughs> we need to not hold with, out for Zack Snyder. Because of that, they lost all their leverage for the contract negotiations, and Patty Jenkins is now a A-list director, having a $100 million movie in her back pocket. So Warner Brothers is actually going to have to pay up or abandon the director, which, I don't know. It's a franchise, so it'll survive that, but if they do that, maybe some ill Piss will. off some people. Piss off some people. Give her that. Especially for attracting new talent, if they abandon her. She might be able to go do something, like, Oscar Beatty that she wants now. Yeah. Is uh, he related to Warren Beatty? <laughs> <laughs> Oscar. <laughs> Brother. <laughs> and I'll keep uh, quick hitting some stuff. This is fun. There's a video game called Everything You Guys Should Look Up because it's crazy. Wow. You can control anything from like a subatomic particle to an entire solar system and all the animals and planets in between. Weird. <laughs> it's really that weird. It's going to be the first video game ever that's qualified for Best Animated Short at the Oscars. Because it won a Best Animated Short prize at a, a like a Vienna Film Festival. So it's in the long list for consideration for nice. animated films. I wonder, I wonder how they... I mean, they're, they're, it's not going to get nominated for anything because no one's going to sit down and fucking play it. Um, they're just going to watch whatever segment got aired. But I, I was wondering if can playing that count as... Like a narrative experience for it to be a short film, or is that way too interactive? Does that kind of defy what a movie is? You have to only the segment that is presented for the film festival can be evaluated. It's possible. I don't know if they like did a uh, were just shown a, like a playthrough, mm-hmm. or if there was like someone actually doing something there. But you have last year with uh, Pearl. Mm-hmm. You know, was an interactive video where you could, you know, it was a 360 video, so you could choose like semi V, semi whatever, where you could choose where you want the screen to be. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of a little bit on their way. So that'd be pretty cool if it actually makes it, though. Yeah. Quick hit Cars 3 is going to feature unheard voice work from Paul Newman. Paul Newman, who's been dead for nine years, <laughs> they just had some unheard, unheard uh, voice stuff uh, laying around and thought, we'll kick it into Cars 3. Kind of talks about what we talked about last week with like the. John Wayne stuff from the final performances thing. He's in Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I wonder how they're going to handle that part. Like, do they, do they... Not well, is my guess. <laughs> yeah. They probably just add it and they don't talk about it. <laughs> I mean, he's not going to end up in, in like, their office. It just, like, cuts to, like, lava and Wilson on screen. Okay, guys. This part's wow. going to be a little freaky. Wow. 
Thank God you kept Paul Newman. Why not? Maybe like the Owen Wilson character's name is. sounded like Bowell's playing Owen Wilson. Wow. Oh, wow. My thought is Thunder McQueen is going to be. A new character? Buried underground, and three days later, he's going to experience interacting with Paul Newman and come back and prevent a flood. What's Lightning McQueen going to do? Crazier than a road lizard. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, and last bit of news. People uh, in our yard. <laughs> We're unhinged at this point. Well, I was just going to say the next Michael B. Jordan and Ryan Coogler movie is going to be uh, Wrong Answer. It's the Atlanta standardized mm-hmm. test cheating scandal made into a movie. That'll be fun. Something we can locally be proud of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are the teachers convicted of racketeering for test irregularities and tampering. Yeah, but I'm sold on that duo. Mm-hmm. Pretty much anything. Yeah, it should be fun. Yeah. And, and I didn't know he was going to be in Black Panther until I saw the trailer. And then uh, what's our best bet for this weekend? It's a tough, tough so, pick this weekend. So we got some movies coming out this week. We got 47 Meters Down. No. We got... the Shark Cage movie. Yeah. We got All Eyes on Me. The Tupac Shakur biopic. I hadn't heard anything about that. That might Just not kinda, be a great sign. Yeah. We've got Cars 3. Yes. That'll, that'll, that'll win. The well, weekend. Making money, yeah. Well, yeah. That's easy. Or the movie Rough Night, which is uh, Scarlett Johansson and other bachelorettes getting. It's like a. It's like Rebel Wilson. Uh, it's like and, Dirty Deeds. It's like an all girl oh, yeah, hangover. Dirty work. Hangover movie. Uh, well, last week, we put, three of us picked right. The Mummy sucks, apparently. <laughs> that's not what Chris said. Chris said it would probably be entertaining. So maybe it is. Ooh, we, do, we also have limited release of a movie called Once Upon a Time in Venice starring Bruce Willis. <laughs> it's Bruce Willis with a shotgun. Oh, it's I think it's Venice. Cars 3 is definitely taking the dollar the total. I think that I well, think yeah. Car, Cars 3 is also the movie out of all of those that I would probably most want to see. Hmm. I never Kinda saw Cars pick- 2. Kind of I would just be lost. But I feel like the rap thing might be might have run its course. The good the good rap movies. I was like, I think rap's done. Um, it's like this rock and roll thing's never gonna work. It's the white guy podcast. Mm-hmm. I'll pick. I'll take Cars Three. Uh, What about, uh, isn't Book of Henry coming out? It is in limited release, yes. That's the one where um, the room kid is like a special dude and things happen. (laughs) Oh, he's got like a helmet and goggles. Yeah. I'll just have the poster. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to just pick that because I don't want to watch anything else really. Well, if we're picking stuff... Well, yeah, pretty limited, limited releases. Hold on. Let me yeah, look I'll, up I'll, shit. I'll, I'll pick something that's going to get screened in front of it, like a, like a panel of critics. Out of those four, what do you pick? Because they four. know the critics are going to fucking I'm gonna, love it. I'm going to pick tough. Rough Night, because I know that's the thing I'm most likely to see on HBO two years from now. <laughs> Mike and Dave style. <laughs> I'm going to get a, a rebound for the Cars franchise. I'll take Cars 3. I'll say... Yeah, I'd probably most want to watch Cars 3 without even having seen Cars 2. I'll, I'll take Cars 3. You got paid, Chris? He said Cars 3. Yeah. All right, cool. All right. Say it again. All right. Yep, that's it. Finally. <laughs> All right. So this was any other... So, um, Mike and Dave need... Uh, no, that's good. Yeah. So this was Talkie Talk, the podcast for The Media By Us. Please visit the site and see our stuff. Twitter, at The Media By Us. Email, us at gmail.com. Facebook? Boom. We got three. Movies By Us, TV By Us, and Games By Us, y'all. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. Podcast topics? Yes. Subscribe, of course. Five star air day. <laughs> Why the hand motions? <laughs> They'll know. As always, Bullet Walkers, preach. Outro music. 
<laughs> and uh, we're out. I want to say thanks to TJ, Eat. Brent, yep. Chris, yeah. and thanks to Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> thanks to Hank Scorpio. We're powering this off of a Scorpio right now. <laughs> thanks for listening. Upside down kisses. <laughs> Moron. <laughs> Moron. Yeah. I don't know. Doc Doc's pretty cool. <laughs> it's not in your Google Doc, so it doesn't exist. <laughs> True.